Old men, old love, and old life. It's another episode of Leaning Toward Wisdom, the podcast. Francis Bacon wrote, I will never be an old man. To me, old age is always 15 years older than I am. It's a common viewpoint. I mean, we are surrounded by people younger and older. And never mind those younger folks. Just concentrate on the older ones and you realize, you know, I'm not so old. (laughs) Yeah, we just fail to understand that we may be deluded. Let's talk about old men, old love, and old life. Welcome inside the Yellow Studio. My name is Randy Cantrell. I'm your host here. Website is leaningtowardwisdom.com. Modern Tales of an Ancient Pursuit. One of my favorite quotes about age is by E.W. That would be Edgar Watson Howe. Edgar was a journalist, a writer, a novelist. In 1919, he published Ventures in Common Sense. So you know he's our kind of guy. And here's what he wrote. A young man is a theory. An old man is a fact. Yeah, there you go. Ventures in common sense. 1919, it's in the public domain. I have a PDF of this thing somewhere. I'm intrigued by the way writers worded things back in the 1800s and then the early 1900s. The English language is... uh, It's become far more casual. Let's just put it that way. It's pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. Everybody's talking about the weather, the heat wave. It doesn't matter if you're up north. It doesn't. In fact, it doesn't matter if you're north of the border here in America. That would be you folks in Canada. I mean, the the heat wave is just everywhere, just everywhere. And you don't handle it as well when you're older, in spite of the fact that you go into older people's homes and it's like, man, alive. Y'all got the heat on in here? What's the deal? (laughs) Neil Young, he was in his mid-20s. I think he was like 24 when he wrote and recorded the song Old Man. I'll I'll put a video. I think he explained in the video, if I'm not mistaken, he he played this. It was a brand new song. He he introduced it, and there was some there was some television or show or something where he was playing. All acoustic, just him. And he introduced this song, this this new song that he had written. Seems that he had bought a ranch in California back in the early 70s. And there was an old man on the ranch who, who was a caretaker for the ranch. And he wrote the song about this guy. In fact, one of the lyrics is 24 and there's so much more. 
Well, you, you hope there's so much more, but you never know. There's all these famous musicians, you know, who died at the age of 27. So, okay, 24, and there's so much more. Well, three years from 24, and my opinion is not so much more. It's just a little bit more. You never know. You just never know. Plenty of musicians and plenty of others, by the way, have never made it to old age, whatever that may be. There's another great song about old folks by the group five for fighting. I'll embed that. I'm going to embed that. And this YouTube video that I was talking about from Neil young, he was 24, 25 talented, talented today. Neil is 76 years old. Well, not literally today, but as I hit the record button, he is 76. Yes. He's officially old. <laughs> And it turns out from 24 to seven, well, there, there was so much more. I liked early Neil Young, by the way, not so much. I wasn't not a big crazy horse fan. In fact, I'm not a crazy horse fan at all. Let's just be really clear. Father's day. That was a few weeks back. It was the 70th father's day for my dad who will turn 99 Lord willing in September. I read this quote and I had to look it up. I don't know where I read it, but it got written down in a notebook. And I just wrote V-A-L-E-E. -E. I'm like, I, I have no idea who this is. So I had to Google it. He's a rapper. Rapper Valley. V-A-L-E-E. -E. No, I don't listen to rap. But the quote tickled me so much so that whenever and wherever I read it, I have no idea how long ago, but I wrote it down. And the quote is this, I'm an old man. A big weekend for me is home Depot and a Caesar salad. <laughs> I had to look up Valley. Who, who is I'm like, you've, you've a person with just one, a one word name, you know, I mean, I'm thinking Madonna or share Adele Valley. I'm like, I I don't know a V-A-L-E-E. -E. Well, for good reason. He's a rapper, and he's only 33 years old. I have no idea the context of that quote. I didn't go hopping down that bunny trail. Speaking of hopping, I can't imagine a hip-hop artist incorporating those sentences into a song. I'm an old man. A big weekend for me is Home Depot and a Caesar salad. That just does not ring of what I typically would think of as being hip-hop or rap lyrics. But I have no clue because I'm not a hip-hop or rap fan. So there's that. But we are talking about old men. And we're talking about old men in part because, well, I'm not an old woman. Have, have, you, seen, have you seen all this hubbub with Matt Walsh? Matt Walsh with Daily Wire. This is a conservative. These are really smart. Really, really smart guys. Uh, Matt Walsh evidently did this documentary that was sparked largely by his appearance on the Dr. Phil show, which I did see snippets of that. Thanks to YouTube. I have not seen the documentary. You have to be like a premium subscriber to the daily wire. And I'm not in order to see it. Yeah. Maybe it'll be available one day and I can watch it, but the documentary is what is a woman and it's fascinating. 
I mean, it is absolutely fascinating. He posed that question on Dr. Phil and he's continued to pose the question. And it's amazing just how, how big of an uproar it causes with people as he just simply poses the question, what's a woman? <laughs> it just proves how far modern culture has descended into. I, well, I don't know. I don't even have a word for it. What is it that we have descended into? I, I don't know what that is, but whatever that is, we have, we're there. We have descended into it, whatever it is. It certainly is not wise, and it certainly is not helpful. It's funny. I'll, I'll put a clip. I'll embed this in the show notes today as well. Just go find the episode, Old Men, Old Love, and Old Life. And the, the teaser for the documentary starts out, and there's a bunch of women, and they're, you know, they're marching on in some women's protest thing, and he, he asked them, what is a woman? And, and they look at him like deer in headlights. And he's like, well, you're, you know, I mean, you're marching for this, for women. I, I would assume that you could tell me, I mean, what, what is a woman? It was that Dr. Phil appearance where he, 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 and I'm going to get the quote wrong. In fact, I, I should, you know what? Let's just do this. I know it's, it's live podcasting. Um, and the podcasters out there are going to say, oh man, you know, you should, you should, you should edit those things. Yeah. Well you do you and I'll do me. Somebody on the Dr. Phil show made a comment about, well, uh, you know, a woman is, it, it, it can be, it can be many different things, you know, and, and people talk about how they identify with something and I'm not getting off on a political, well, okay. Maybe it is a political tangent. I don't mean it that way. It's just, this is all just fascinating and rather humorous to me. And in the show, the, I mean, here, here's a long haired galoot with a beard kind of to die for. And he, he identifies as a woman. I don't listen. I'm not being, I'm not politically correct. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but this thing that looks like a long haired man, he claims he identifies as a woman. And, and of course, Dr. Phil is doing everything he can to just, you know, to ride the political fence so as not to possibly offend anybody at any time. And, you know, Matt Walsh says, well, I, you know, I identify as highly intelligent and good looking. So every time you refer to me, I would appreciate it if you would refer to me as highly intelligent and good looking. It, it, you can't argue. I'm well, I can't argue with it. Somebody else might be able to, I know what a woman is and I'm not one. So I don't claim full understanding of that perspective, which is why today the title of the show and the conversation here is old men, old love and old life. In fact, I, I, I'm not even speaking for all old men. I'm just, come on. It's a title. Go with me. I have, however, been married to a woman for going on 45 years. So I've got that going for me. I made a comment to somebody. I don't know how long ago. I don't know why this just suddenly leaped into my head. You know, I've, I, I'm, I married, I married a young woman and that young woman married a young man. I, I'm sure she has no clue what happened to him. <laughs> he turned old. That's what happened. He got old. He got old. We both got old. Now, here's the great thing, though, which kind of morphs into the whole old love thing. 
we got old together. You may not be like me in that I look at older men who've got the quote unquote, the trophy wife who's half their age and yes. Okay. At a physical level, you're like, yeah, okay, I get it. But at a fundamental deep core human level, I so don't get it. I'm, I'm the guy who's fascinated at just the cultural references, the conversation or lack thereof. And it's like, how, how, how does that work? <laughs> I mean, how does that work? I mean, here's an old guy with a young woman and he can talk, he could talk about the Beatles. He could talk about any number of things and she would, she would look at him like those ladies did when Matt Walsh says, what is a woman like, huh? Beatles where get the raid. I just, I so don't get it. Young love is great. Don't get me wrong. Been there, done that. Probably do have a closet full of t-shirts. Young love was terrific. It was terrific. I loved it. But old love, old love is equally terrific. It's different. It's different, but it's terrific. And I'm sad. I'm absolutely positively sad for people that don't experience it or for whatever reason have an inability or maybe better yet said an unwillingness to endure and find it. It's amazing to me as I get older, the number of people that I run into, yeah, I'm married for 32 years, 33 years, 35 years, some pushing 40 years and divorced. And you're like, wait a minute, what? How does this happen? <laughs> and then you read about empty nest syndrome and all this other stuff. I don't, you know, come on, there's a syndrome for everything. There is everything's an illness. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, don't take me to task. It's a disease, and we've got this disease, this emptiness syndrome disease. Yeah, the disease is, you know, she's hated his guts for a long time, and he ain't real wild about her, and they finally decide, eh, forget it. I'm out of here. <laughs> but you're like, how does it get to that point? I'm still the guy who's fascinated if a couple's been, even if they've been married just a few years, if they've been just married a short while, it's like... The, the, the passion, the lust, the love, the what, call it whatever you want to call it, that got you to take vows and commitments and put a ring on each other's finger. And now, fast forward ah, five months, five years, 15 years, 25 years, 35 years. And, you know, the venom and the hatred, it's like, I completely understand the closeness and I understand the proximity effect that is now listen, there's a proximity effect for microphones. Like I can get right up on this microphone. This is called the proximity effect. Okay. Well in marriage, you also can have a proximity effect. I think in that you become so acquainted with one another and so familiar with one another. And maybe you put a ring on each other's finger and well, you're not that well acquainted. And over time you get well acquainted and you're like, yeah, okay. I don't much like what I see here. I, I don't, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sure that's possible. Um, I don't know. I, I, Rhonda and I did not take the commitment lightly. 
we still don't take the commitment lightly. The devotion, it can look different. And I don't, I would not suppose that everybody's devotion from an outward appearance looks identical. I'm rather certain that it doesn't. I have a friend in Stockholm, Sweden. Where else did you think it was? Stockholm, Texas. There may be a Stockholm, Texas. I don't know. John Buscal. I love his name. I, I can't pronounce it, but John takes photographs. And he takes some really brilliant photographs. And he was posting on his Twitter account. I'll link it up. He was posting on his Twitter account, uh, middle-aged love. Well, I'm middle-aged if I'm going to live to be 130, but I'm not middle-aged. I'm beyond middle-aged. And it was pictures, you know, he would take pictures showing couples as they're walking away from him. So he, this is from the back and they're holding hands, you know, and they're out in these public places and he's done a few of these middle-aged love. Well, that's what it looks like for some. And for others, it looks like, you know, she's 20 paces ahead and he's, he's bringing up the rear and, and, and is a distant, a distant behind bringing up the rear. But what do we know? I don't know. It, it, is it how you behave? Is it how you would behave? I don't. Everybody's different. Everybody's different. I'm not so much touchy-feely, but at the same time, I am touchy-feely. It's weird. I'm an introvert, but at the same time, I've got, I've got some behaviors that look very extroverted. I don't know. I'm crazy. Crazy. Um, we're all just different. We are just different. Does that mean that the difference is, well, I'm just, I'm no longer in love with you. And what are we doing to cultivate the love? I'm absolutely putting a sales pitch on you for old love. And by old love, I don't mean, and there's nothing wrong with it. I'm not, I'm not diminishing it. I know a number of widow widowers and widows and lonely in loneliness later in life, you know, they get together and they marry one another. That's a for, form of old love. That's just not my experience. My experience of old love is having married somebody when we were still 20, we were five, six months away from turning 21. And here we are, we're both 65 and we've We've lived virtually our whole lives together. We have been a couple since we were 18. And now at 65, that's old. That's what I'm, that's how I'm defining old love, but that's not the only definition of old love. That's my experience with old love. Now, here's some things that are on my mind. And one reason that I hit record is the, the taking people for granted thing the familiarity thing. Now we're going through some personal stuff. We've made some personal decisions and we're making some, we're making some rather significant changes. I'll just leave it at that. And the big significance of the changes is familiarity. There are things that have been familiar for two decades plus that Lord willing at some point sooner than later, 
they're not going to be familiar anymore because there's some changes afoot and we're going to be beginning some new familiarity. And I think there's something to, for me, an old man and an old love and an old life and turning a chapter, but it's, I'm still an old man. I'm still experiencing old love. And it still is at this point in my life, an old life. And that doesn't mean that it's just stuck in the mud. It doesn't mean that it's stuck in a rut, but there is something to familiarity, especially as it pertains to old love. And let's call it what it is. Yes. You just get to a point where you take one another for granted, but at the same time, you can't live your life. I can you, I don't think you can live your life with that young love mindset all of your life. It's just not practical. It's not the reality of, of life. You weather so many storms together. You go through so many trials and through so many headaches and you chase so many dreams and so many opportunities, many of which, in fact, I would go as far as say, if, if you are, if you're chasing and you're, if you're dreamers, like I am, most of which don't come true. Some of those that don't come true play to your advantage. Some don't, or at least you don't think they do, but you really don't know. Cause all you know is the way things worked out. You don't know what might've been except in your head, in your imagination. And of course, in our imagination, we work it all out and it would have been fantastic. It would have been so much better than this, but we don't know that. And through all of that experience that you have, and I'm talking about a married couple and yes, I'm talking about a husband and a wife. And yes, I'm talking about a man and a woman. So I'll get that out of the way. I'm def- yeah. I'm defining, I'm defining marriage the way God does because he instituted it. So he makes the rules. I didn't make the rules. You got a problem with it. Take it up with God and good luck with that. Um, You've gone through so much together, you just can't wake up every day with, you know, youthful, <laughs> youthful zest, for lack of a better word, youthful zest and enthusiasm. They, they, well, I want to say they wane over time and that, that just, that's the wrong, it's kind of the right word, but it signifies the wrong sentiment that I'm really trying to express. It's, 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 there's just this degree of complacency that necessarily, in my opinion, that necessarily imposes itself on our, on our life. We just can't get up every morning shouting at the rooftops, you know, and just exuberant for the day. It it's, just the mere thought of that is exhausting to me. <laughs> now, maybe you can do that. Okay. But maybe you are wired, you know, like a cheerleader has to be wired. I'm not, I mean, the, the whole kumbaya and yeah, let's go conquer the day. And you know, it's, I'm, I'm way more Zen than that. I'm way more laid back than that. But with old love, there absolutely is a complacency that can, I believe, that can absolutely derail old love if you let it. I look on social media, and I particularly look at wives. 
I pay attention to the old men who've lost their wives and largely there's just a sadness. There's just a, a profound sadness and there's a profound, just, you can just tell that a number of these men, they're just lost. They're just lost. And in my mind, in my imagination, I can absolutely understand it with older women. I'm particularly, I'm particularly I want to say perplexed, but that's, I'm struggling today. As you can tell, this is what getting old does for you. You, 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 you find yourself in a constant state of being perplexed. Um, (laughs) it's kind of fascinating that some of the old women that I'm thinking of, and I'm not saying, I'm not using that derogatory. It's just more of a fact, but who've lost their husbands. There is this. There is this sense of having taken them for granted when they were here. And you can, you just sense this regret that they did. And I don't know, I don't know the details of their life, but I'm sitting here thinking if, if you're, if you're feeling guilty for the everyday complacency that happens to all of us, as we get older, as married couples, it, it's life. It's life. I'm not saying that it it's ideal. I'm not saying that we should live every hour of every day that way, but it's largely practical. <laughs> I, I can give you a lot of, for instances, you know, Rhonda can come in and she's got stuff to do and she's got, you know, we're not going to sit down, hold hands and look into each other's eyes and talk about our day. The minute we see each other at the end of a day. Well, I got a news flash for you. We didn't do that when we were 22. Well, now that we're 65, we ain't doing that. I don't know about her, but I'm rather certain that neither one of us, no matter what happens in the future is going to regret. Well, I wish we would have, you know, I wish every day we would have done that. It's just not the way we roll. Now, if you want to roll that way, roll that way. I know a bunch of married, including my parents and my parents, the way they roll is not the way Rhonda and I roll. It's just not, but we're not them. I know other people who've been married similar lengths of time that Rhonda and I've been married and, and they roll very differently than us as well. I know some and boy, they're just, they're lovey dovey. And I know others and they are it's like they are living two completely different lives. And yet there's this commitment to one another. There's this profound dedication to one another. There's this profound love that they have for one another. And I guess, I guess the point is don't judge all that. Don't, don't, don't judge it in your own life. If this appeals or applies to you and don't judge it in the lives of others. You're you and your spouse they're them. And can we be better? Most surely, most surely we can all be better and we should, I think we should all work hard. I know this about young love and old love and all the love in between. And that is you have to cultivate it. You have to cultivate it. You have to work at it. And I do think the complacency can really take a toll on old love because I think there are many, many people I hear, I hear it and I hear it particularly among younger people. And 
I worry. I worry for the future when I hear a young a young person, a young married person say, you know, I, I just, it shouldn't be this hard. And, and I, my first comment almost always is what makes you think so? I mean, well, why do you think, and it's as though we think love because, well, love should just be easy. Well, we regularly hear admonitions that anything in life that's worthwhile is worth fighting for. And we hear regularly and we have learned from experience that, some of the best things in life can be very difficult to achieve and require a lot of work and a lot of effort, but worth it. And yet we're to believe that, well, they put a ring on my finger. I put a ring on their finger and it should just be easy. This just, this just, it should just come natural. Some parts may, but other parts may not. I think for me, the, it really is commitment. It's commitment to another human being. And it is, can we increase our selflessness or are we going to fuel our selfishness? And no matter what our age as people in love, in this context, married couples, it can be profoundly easy to get selfish. It can be profoundly easy to feel victimized by your spouse and by the world. There is something to becoming old and grumpy. It's, it's just because life, life wears you down. But I think somewhere you've just got to find the resolve to fight back. You, you, you just can't resign yourself that I'm old, therefore I'm going to be grumpy. Nobody wants to live their life with somebody who's grumpy. So don't be grumpy. Do we all have bad days? Of course it happens. Those are the moments where I think we work really hard, or we should, to give each other due consideration. And we make some allowances. I learned as a young man that my wife was never going to likely see me performing at my best. It may be one reason that I have so long admired musicians. I'm not one. In many respects, I wish I were. And I w well, better yet, I wish I were a good one because a musician can get on stage and the people that love this person can see this person perform, perform. Most of us don't live our lives able to show off. We just, we just don't. I've talked before about little boys, you know, Hey mom, look at me. You know, we, especially of boys, I think it is, I think it is very much a male I'm not saying girls don't do it, but I'm saying, boy, it is almost universally a boy thing. We just have this innate need to show off, particularly for women. We, 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 we want respect. We yearn for respect and it comes in showing off and performing. Well, I go to work. I do my thing. I come home. Maybe I'm mad as a wet hen. Maybe I'm, I'm grumpy. I've, I've, I've spent many times grumpy. I, I know what I'm talking about when I say don't do that. Cause I did. And the anger and the rage, and you just can't let that get the best of you. And I freely admit that there've been times in my life where it, it did the frustrations of the day. And yet you're, 
you're working all day, every day. Well, I was kind of grace under fire, doing what you have to do, being professional. And then you just, you, you, it's just so pent up by the time you get home. And if you're grinding, like I was grinding and 80 hour weeks were the norm. Well, patience runs thin. We'll just put it that way. And all the other pressures of life. And I learned then she's never going to see me at my best. She's only this woman that I care more about than any human on the planet is only going to see me at my worst. And what can I do about this? I wish I had an answer for you. The best answer I have for you is yeah. Don't, don't be that guy. Be, be the guy that you know, you most want to be and that she needs you to be. I didn't always get that right. I've gotten way better at it. And of course you can't ever, you know, trying to hit on all cylinders. Good luck with that. If you've been able to figure that one out, I would love to hear from you. Randy Cantrell at gmail.com. Email me. I'd I'll be, I'll keep it private. I promise. But I would love, 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 love to hear it. You know, no sooner it's whack-a-mole stuff, right? No sooner do I get one problem smothered and smashed down with a mallet than up pops three more. And I'm like, well, man alive. I thought I had those holes plugged. Nope, not so much. There she blows, you know, here. Another leak in the dike. So off we go. Fingers and toes doing all we can to keep from taking on more water of whatever it is seeping into our life, wrecking things, making us feel badly about ourselves. Old life is just, it's just all part of getting older. And for the purposes of this podcast, we hope it is about us learning to lean more and more and more into wisdom, our own and the wisdom that other people can help us with. And I think that's worth having a little bit of a conversation before we wrap it up today. And that is old life and the influence of all the others, including younger life. Those of us that are older have got something to learn from those who are younger because those who are younger now, they're younger. Their youth is during a time that is probably very different from ours. And it doesn't mean that we can completely understand it or relate to it because, well, how can you, how can you, I did not grow up with a cell phone in my hand. I did not grow up with social media. I did not grow up with the internet to try to transport myself and my imagination to imagine what it would be like to be an elementary school kid with a smartphone. I, I, I can't, I can't, I mean, come on, we, our, our moms bought us jeans that were four inches too, too long so that we could wear them longer as we were growing. And we cuffed, we cuffed our jeans. <laughs> You're not going to find kids cuffing their jeans today. I mean, I'm sorry. That trend is not coming back. So it's different, and there's no way to get around that. I think it's, I think sharing the stories is helpful. I think understanding the perspective as best we can, full well knowing, I'm not going to understand it. I'm not going to fully understand it, but I can at least kind of sort of get it. 
And it's so easy for us to judge because I got news for you. I'm sure there were old timers who were looking at us. Look at these thugs. Look at these punks with their cuffed jeans. You know, there were, we didn't cuff our jeans when we were kids. <laughs> Look at them. Who do they think they are? Bunch of hellions. <laughs> you know, I'm right. And here we are, we, we were once victimized by the old men. And now here we are, the old men. And we're like, look at these kids. You know, they can't get off of their phone. They're on their phones all the time. That's this tic tac, whatever this is. And this snapshot snap, whatever, all this stuff that they're at is ridiculous. These kids need to be out. They need to be playing, you know, stick ball in the street. And uh, that was then this is now. I just sit back now and I just kind of chuckle about it all. I mean, it's just kind of, it's just kind of funny to me. Now that isn't to say that there aren't things that I don't, that I just don't like. I don't, I, I don't like, I don't like, I don't like it that so many people are tethered to their cell phones. I don't, I, I'm not making a judgment that, well, look at them. They're a rotten human being. Oh, these kids, they're. Um, they're going to hell in a handbasket because they got cell phones. I, I don't believe that. I just, for me, it's mostly it's 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 wishful thinking. It's wistful thinking. It's you know you just kind of have these ideals in your head. I remember playing in the piney woods, and I remember spending hours and hours, and below us was just this bed thick bed of pine needles everywhere and you know how many kids experience that i would tell you not enough but you know how many kids don't even have the opportunity for that and so is that going to you never played in piney woods well your life is going to be ruined no i mean you kidding me come on i am sure that somewhere there's a 65 year old and they grew up on a beach and they grew up around the ocean and I'm sure that they're thinking about the ocean and being on the beach and the sand, the way that I'm thinking about piney woods, but it's not my experience. Does it mean mine's better than theirs? Does it mean theirs is better than mine? Does it mean that if you didn't have mine, then you're wrecked. And if you didn't have theirs, you're wrecked. No, it doesn't mean any of that. It just means it's different. And I can promise you the 65 year old who grew up living on a beach or being around a beach and being in the ocean has some wistful thinking and, and wishing that other kids could grow up and experience what he experienced because he's fond of it. And I look at my life now, an old life, and I got those kinds of memories and I'm like, yeah, they were great. They were great. And there's just something that was so great about it. That makes me, yeah, that makes me wish other kids, other kids could grow up and experience that. But it's not lost on me that kids are growing up today and they're experiencing something that I never had and never have and never will because today in 2022, they're kids and me in 2022, I'm an old man.
I'd love to tell you that with age and experience naturally comes wisdom, but it's not true. Wisdom, you have to really pursue it. And even then, you and I both know you don't always catch it. Sometimes, you know, it's it's like Bigfoot. <laughs> you just you traipsing around in the wilderness hoping to catch a glimpse. And sometimes we catch a glimpse of wisdom. Sometimes we can chase it into the deepness of the woods and maybe gaze at it a little bit longer. But man, it can be it can be very elusive. So we keep chasing. Because unlike Bigfoot, we know it's real. We know it exists. It's not a figment of our imagination. It's a real thing. Getting it right in real time. Through the years, we can get better at that. We can get faster at decision-making. But maybe one of the most important things about old men, old love, and old life is our stubbornness. Our refusal to quit. Our refusal to give up. Because we've endured so much and we're like, what's a little bit more? Bring it on. The website is leaningtowardwisdom.com. I hope you're a subscriber to the podcast. If you're not, we'll do it. Do it now. You can click the Facebook icon over at the website and join the Facebook group if you dare. Me, my name is Randy Cantrell, coming to you from hot, 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 hot Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas. Greetings and welcome inside the Yellow Studio. <laughs>